Welcome to Jim Galliano's Building a Better Web Presence podcast. Build something better with less moving parts, less overhead, and less headaches. Hey everyone, this is Jim Galliano, and thanks for joining me for today's podcast episode. Here we are, it's March of 2022. I'm really glad that you're here. Hope you're doing well. If you're a small business owner, if you're a freelancer or consultant, you know I basically classify you as being a solopreneur, even if you have some people working for you part or full-time, and I'll explain why shortly. But in today's podcast, I want to share with you some thoughts, ideas, and tips on how to build a successful online business that doesn't suck the life out of you. I know some of you have been building and building and building for the longest time, And when you take a look around at what you have, I don't say this to make you angry or to discourage you in any way. Please don't misunderstand me. But I think that if you're really honest with yourself and you look at what you have and what it could be, maybe it hasn't been exactly designed with freedom in mind. Because there's a lot of business models out there today to choose from, but many of them will do everything but put you on a path to freedom. And you're listening to someone who was on the exact opposite path from the path that I'm on today. I'm talking about being involved with businesses that generally suck the life out of you. And if you're in them long enough, you can just be left with a feeling of complete disillusionment with uh, the online world in general and the online business world specifically. No, there is a better way. And I'll be sharing with you some foundational building blocks in today's episode. Today, I want to talk to you about creating a business marketing strategy, but the kind of strategy that will work for solopreneurs. That's because as the as the years go by, you know, I used to just look at marketing as a topic, and then I looked at digital marketing as being a separate target, um, topic. But, you know, the truth is it's just all marketing right now. More marketing is done in the digital space, I would say, than any other place. It wasn't always that way. It wasn't that way originally in the 90s, but it's that way today. But now I look at marketing and how it works for different business types. And so I'm starting to come to the realization that there is digital marketing for solopreneurs, just like there may be digital marketing for florist shop owners and so on and so forth. There are things, yes, there are a lot of things that are the same. Maybe 80% is the same from one business type to the other. But then there's the 20% that's specific to individuals who are solopreneurs. Now, before we go any further, if you haven't already done so, go ahead and sign up for my brand new newsletter. It's called the Digital Strategist Newsletter. It's now available at jimsnewsletter.com. And strategy is something that I've been studying and working with for years, helping other people get started with it. And I really think that when you have two people of comparable skill levels, comparable experience, we're looking at competitors in your marketplace, then oftentimes I think it really comes down to who has the better plan, who has the better strategy, who's approaching what they're doing from a more intelligent, smarter I guess, place. So, and this is especially so if your competitors are larger than you are and have maybe a a bigger budget to work with. That doesn't mean because you're smaller that you can't outthink and outmaneuver 
a larger, more established business. And I find that kind of exciting. So, um, but anyway, if you don't know who I am, if you're a first-time listener, I've been a digital entrepreneur since the late 1990s. There's plenty of information that you can read on my website. Well, actually, it kind of gets right to the point, but there's plenty of information about me online because I've been doing this for over two decades now. So anybody who's been online for a long time and has been active, you don't have to dig very far to find out more about them. So if that's something that you want to do, go ahead and do that. But what I want to focus on today is what it takes to be successful as a solopreneur in a competitive online marketplace. First of all, let's get definitions out of the way. What is a solopreneur? Before I get into it, I just want to say that I have clients that have entire staffs of people working with them, but they still consider themselves to be solopreneurs. A solopreneur used to be thought of as an individual business owner that did everything themselves, an army of one. And I believe that may have been the solopreneur of days gone by and an era that is now past us. But I do not believe that accurately describes the solopreneurs of today. Today, if we want to use that definition at all, I think a solopreneur, although it may still be an individual business owner, that hasn't changed, they also take advantage of automations and technologies that just weren't available in the past and enables them to do the work of multiple people without having to pay multiple people. Now, unless you were around 20 years ago, you may not really understand how that works, but I just assure you that a lot of the automated processes that are around today, a lot of the things that we can do in just a few clicks, they were time-consuming tasks 20 years ago. There wasn't a point-and-click solution out there. There was no automated scheduler or click one button and all of these things are done for you. That really didn't exist. So, yes, what is a solopreneur? I think today a solopreneur is the individual who is basically the life force behind a business. They are, or maybe we could describe them as being the lifeblood in that business. Now, I was saying that some of my clients that have a, a staff of people working for them, whether it's three, four, five people or more, they still consider themselves solopreneurs because they know that deep down inside that if they were to remove themselves from their business, for several weeks or several months, that business would basically collapse. Why? Because they are really the brand behind the business. They are the person with the skills. They are the individual that had attracted all of the clients and all of the customers to come into that business to begin with. And that's why they see themselves as a solopreneur. That's why even though they're surrounded with help, a lot of times they feel like they're alone because there's no one there that cares about that business as much as they do. And let's face it, if, if the owner of the business is also the star of that business, and we can apply this a lot of things. Take an actor, for example. An actor may hire a personal trainer to get them in shape to be in a certain role. But take away the actor and who is the personal trainer going to train? No one. Or a novelist may have PR people around them or other types of people to help them in their business, but they're the actual ones that are writing the books. Or a musician, all of these people, even in the band, I mean, they're all, we're all like solopreneurs when you get right down to it. We are, we are each basically a business of one, even if we work for a larger company. 
Now, of course, in a larger company, especially a big corporation, it's easy just to be another number and to feel undervalued and underappreciated. Of course, that's true if you work with maybe a smaller business. There's only four or five of you. But I'm talking to those of you today who are trying to build something. You're, You're doing it for yourself. You're doing it for your spouse, your loved ones, for your children, for your immediate family. And you know what I mean when I use that term solopreneur. Yes, you hire other people to help you do things. Yes, you subcontract things out, but you still are the lifeblood of that business. If you were gone or removed from the scene, that business at, at best would falter. At, at worst, it would cease to be. You may employ a half dozen virtual assistants, but none of them can really replace you. Not for long anyway. And why? Because it's you. You are the face of the company. You are the one clients or customers believe in and put their faith in, not your assistance. Assistance may come and assistance may go, but you remain. You are to your business what the author is to the story. You are the creator, you are the talent, and you are the voice. Now, yes, you may go on to create a big business or a big company and employ a lot of other people, including managers and salespeople and entire workforce, while keeping your personal brand highly visible at the same time. We see a lot of examples of this, even in the big business world. Think about the Amazons and the Teslas and the Microsofts of this world. But that's another strategy, and that's another business model. Today, we're going to talk about creating a business marketing strategy, but with a solopreneur type of business person in mind. So if you're a solopreneur, recognize this, you're also a personal brand. Because in the business world, we're all personal brands, whether we realize it or not. Now, how does personal branding help your business? It helps your business because a personal brand builds trust and builds confidence. We hire somebody Don't we want to hire someone we trust or someone we have confidence in? Number one, first, a personal brand creates trust. And second, it helps you establish credibility, which in turn gives people confidence in spending money with you. And both of these things are key elements when it comes to growing in a competitive environment. So I want you to look at the environment around you. I want to look at all of the competition. Think about them for a minute and don't look at it as a negative. From now on, see it as a positive. The reason why there's a lot of people out there has more to do with the fact that there is money available in that marketplace. Now, I know if you've been kind of scraping along or barely getting along or have really struggled in this area, I know that you see competition probably from primarily a negative type of viewpoint. But look at it this way. If all of your competition went away tomorrow, That would be a sure sign that money was drying up in that industry. Okay, so now there is a solution to your problem. It's probably simpler than a lot of you would like to admit. You know, sometimes we can look at a situation, at a challenge, and one person has been looking at this challenge for so long, it just seems insurmountable. And then someone else can come along with a fresh set of eyes and look at that same situation and see it in a completely different light. I just want you to know that if you've been struggling for a while, if you've been just hitting the wall and you're feeling frustrated and part of you wants to give in or give out or give up, I just want you to know that sometimes 
It's not that the problem you're facing is actually that big. Yes, I know it's serious. Yes, I know it involves your money, your finances, your family. I'm not saying that that's not so. But what I'm saying is sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees and you need someone to give you a fresh perspective on what you can do with what you have with where you're at right now. And that's why that's the way I want you to look at this topic. You're a solopreneur. You have a personal brand. Your job is to build trust and to build confidence with the people around you in an ever-increasing circle. In other words, start with like a little circle, you in the middle, and there's a few people around you. We want that circle to get bigger and bigger and wider and wider. We want you to be able to establish credibility because that's going to be a key element in whether they're going to choose you or whether they're going to choose someone else. Okay, now your your personal brand, it acts like a platform. It is, when you get right down to it, a platform that you can use to build trust and confidence from this day forward. But you have to have a plan to do it. It's not enough to just say, here's a bunch of tools, go out there and start recording podcasts or start recording videos and just, just solve some problems. We have to have some kind of a strategy. We have to have some type of a plan because, why? Because there's a lot of competition. We just don't want to disappear into the crowd. And that's the problem that a lot of you are facing right now. So where do we start? What's the first step? What do we turn our attention to first? I believe it starts with our messaging, our theme and our messaging, those two things. What many people don't realize is this. You need a theme or clear, consistent messaging that you're going to put out there before people will truly begin to take notice of you and remember you over the long term. And when it comes to business, I really believe that most people find the problem slash solution type of messaging. I believe that works best of all for the average type of business. Another way to put it would be before and after comparisons. So let's say you're promoting your social media business. Let's say that's the kind of business that you have. Ask yourself, what state are people in before they buy from you? What are they experiencing? What's overwhelming them? What's making them truly frustrated? Are they struggling to build a following on their Facebook page or their Instagram or their LinkedIn? Or maybe their graphics look terrible and they just can't get that right. Or maybe they don't have many followers or they're putting posts out there that almost no one is interacting with. How do they feel about their social presence on each of these channels? And then we may ask other questions like, well, what's the average business day like as it relates to their efforts on these various social platforms? This is what we would call the before experience. It's like in the old days when they had a lot of those infomercials on TV about the person wanting to lose weight and talking about how miserable they were and how their social life was affected and how their confidence was affected because they didn't like what they saw when they looked in the mirror. They didn't like the way they felt when they tried to engage in uh, social activities or sports, anything physical. They were tired, they were hurting, they were discouraged. And so this, again, is another example, very common, of the before experience. And then we see the after experience what it's like for these same people after they overcome the problem. Things like this, these are the things that people relate to. These are the pain points. 
These are the frustrations, and this is what life is like on the other side of that frustration. Now, a lot of people just don't have the time, they don't have the energy, or they don't have the know-how to fix these problems themselves. Let's get back to the social media example. So if we express this consistently in our messaging, people will stop and they will take notice of you because people will be able to relate to what you're saying. Because you're, you're coming down to the place that they're in, that place of frustration, and you're meeting them there. So don't be shy about calling out the problems or the frustrations that your prospects are feeling, especially when you have a solution available for all the above. See, it's one thing to call out the problem, but it's another thing to follow it up with a solution. Next, and think about this, you have to connect with others on a human-to-human level. Most people approach this when they learn about these concepts with a business-to-business mindset. And then it just doesn't work for them. Think about how the two compare just for a moment. Human-to-human versus business-to-business. Now, yes, I know you're running a business, but think back in your own experience of buying products and services over your lifetime. Do you remember interacting with certain people who were genuinely interested in trying to help you solve your problem versus people who... Yes, they were there to solve the problem, but there was no real empathy present. There wasn't that type of connection. It's hard to put into words. It's hard to describe, but I think, I think you know what I'm talking about. There's just certain people that are just, they seem better equipped to help you. They seem more involved in your problem or your concerns. And when you have this concern again, that's the person that you go back to. Well, you can be that for other people as it relates to solving problems in whatever market you're in and whatever niche you're in. That's what we have to do in the online world. There's times that we'll do this one-on-one, but we'll also, we'll also be doing this through our content, the content that we create. I'm talking about the articles we write or the videos or the audios that we record. It's our way of reaching out to the people around us and making a difference. Even to those who don't hire us or buy our products or services, that's what we try and do in our content because that's the tool that we have in the online world. That would be different if our clients or customers, prospective ones, let's say, are across the street from us. Maybe we would walk over there and greet them and say hello and ask if we could help them or tell them that we noticed that they have this situation or problem. And then we engage in a conversation. And see, it's totally different if we go over there with a script in mind. I know scripts have their place. Templates have their place. I'm not saying that. But every individual is a little bit different. As much as we're all the same, there are some unique differences as we go from person to person. Even we could take a dozen people that have the same problem, put them in the same room. And as you talk to each one individually, you may find that each individual does have some specific issues relative to that challenge that are of maybe more concern to them, or maybe that happen to be troubling them a little more than everything else. And it's when we engage in that human-to-human level that we discover those things. I know that when I think back in my own life, there were certain things like dating. I remember when I was a teenager, how nervous I was. I didn't have any brothers or sisters to show me the ropes. And after a few, I guess you'd call them abject failures, I decided to go and read a few books on the topic. 
And then I remember trying to use certain lines at certain times as a as a teenage guy trying to impress the girl and and then I realized that there was a human element in there that I was not going to be able to duplicate or I should I don't know if create would be the right word for it, but in other words, I just had to be myself. I had to talk to the person who was in front of me, not the example that I saw in a book somewhere or read about or heard someone else talk about. And so getting back to what we're talking about, solopreneurs, every solopreneur needs a platform. They need the message, but once they have the messaging, once they have the theme, once they realize that this is my message, this is my message to the business world around me. I realize what people are struggling with. I realize their before condition that they're in because I myself was in that condition. And so you build understanding, you build trust, you build confidence in the people around you, but you need a platform, which is the next step. That, and so that you can consistently get that messaging out there. I'm talking about your outreach to the world around you. This is where we start the conversation and we give other people the opportunity to discover us in the months ahead. We give them the opportunity to join into the conversation. I know a lot has been said about that word conversation and marketing over the last five uh, plus years especially. People talk about the difference between talking at people and talking with them. And that's why I brought up this point about the human to human aspect of things versus the business to business. Yes, it is business to business, but within that business structure, there's real people with real problems and real concerns. And so you can meet them at that deeper level. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about the other day is as much as people hate politicians... <clears throat> Who looks up to politicians? I don't think too many people. The only politicians that become heroes, if you really think about it, are the politicians that lead a nation through a severe crisis and they come out the other side. And, and even, even the people that do that, if you look back on World War I or World War II and some of the quote-unquote hero politicians uh, of that time— even then, those people are frowned upon as you begin to put time between when those events took place and the years that follow. People always find things to pick at. But think about this, getting back to the, uh, the politician type of personality. Most of these people, whether in times of trouble or not, build a successful platform for themselves by focusing on a few key issues of the time. But here's the things I here's something that I notice about that. They only focus on maybe two or possibly three at the most. It's not that they don't talk about other things, but their primary focus is on just maybe two or three things. Now, sure, they tell the whatever audience that they're speaking with at the time, they basically tell that group of people what they want to hear. But a winning platform is one that identifies one or two issues, and then really runs with those. And I think that's a great analogy to marketing in general. Because we're not wired to deal with too many major problems at once. You know, people can go back and forth between a few problems, but I think that's really it. For example, tell someone they need to work on their diet. Tell them they need to exercise or work out regularly regularly. 
because maybe they're not happy about how they look, how they feel, and all of those other things that are connected with that. And so it takes a lot of effort to do that. It takes a lot of effort to change someone's diet. It, it takes focus. There's a lot of trial and error. There's a lot of success and failure. Now, maybe it's different if someone tells you if you don't change, you have about six months left to live or a year left to live, and you have to make some drastic changes. I know that's a separate category altogether. But in general, there's a lot of people that realize that they need to get off the path they're on. I'm just using diet as an example. There's a lot of other examples we could use. And they need to exercise. They need to work out all of these things or find the equivalent of those things. Now, imagine there's that person. And they're thinking, wow, I've got to be active, and I usually spend most of my time watching uh, whatever streaming service I watch, Netflix or whatever. I have to change my diet. I'm usually eating while I'm watching Netflix. Usually the only time I get up is to go to another room or to go to a car. And so I have to start changing all of those things. That takes up a lot of mental bandwidth, especially when you're first getting started. But now imagine on top of that, we're just talking about one or two things there. Imagine throwing in on top of that the need for them to quit their job and start their own business. See, adding that third thing, which has a lot of sub things to it also, but adding that third thing to the first two things would just be overwhelming, I would say, for just about everyone. And I think it's the same for you and your platform and your messaging. So back to social media. If you're a social media consultant, for example, you may pick two things like not enough time and not enough interaction to build your social presence on this one platform successfully. Two problems that a lot of business owners can really relate to. But if you don't stop there and you don't really dig in, when we start digging into these problems, then this is where the empathy part comes into. Think about it. You have a problem, but you have a lot of sub-problems connected to that main problem. And it's when we continue the conversation about that problem and we start digging into those sub-problems, that's where the real connection happens, not just on the surface level. Oh, you're having a trouble with getting traffic to your website? I hear you. So are a lot of other business owners. So are a lot of other website owners. And then you go right to the solution. See, there, there's maybe a minor connection that can be made there. But if you really start digging into it a little bit further, maybe you have a stock of products that you're trying to sell and you're just not connecting with enough people. Or, I mean, you can really start digging into how the business person feels at the end of the day when yet another day, another week, another month has gone by and they're still struggling with this same thing. And they're looking at the long-term viability of their business and it really is a big question mark now. And when you think about that, if this business fails, what are you going to do? What's your family going to do? Or how much time can you keep on keeping on without generating the kind of income you need? What about putting that money aside for your son or your daughter's education? Or what about that new car that you're eventually going to need? Because take a look at what you have in the garage or out in the street or in the driveway right now. That's not going to last forever. And you really start digging into these problems and suddenly people are nodding. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're saying. All right, now, if you're in this position, here's how I can help you. I was in the same position myself. I had the same questions that you had. And here's how I found the solution. And here's why the solution that worked for me will work for you. You see, you're digging a little bit deeper. You're creating a, a connection on a human-to-human -human level instead of just a business-to-business -business level. 
But you can't dig into too many things. I'm talking about depth instead of width here. So the problem is like not enough time and not enough interaction on a social channel. If you're running a social media type of business is if you just dig deep on those two things, then you can see where real connections can be made. But if you start wanting to think about all of the other things like, well, you don't have enough images, you don't have enough time, you don't have enough interaction on your social channel. But then if you start digging into other things like telling them that, well, you don't really have enough images, you have too much text, or you have images, but the quality of your graphics just, it's very poor, you don't have the right colors, you don't have enough text, all you're doing is putting an image in like one sentence or a bunch of hashtags. Uh, the other thing is you don't have enough memes. Do you know how people interact with memes? Do you know how memorable a meme can be? You don't have enough of those. And on top of that, you're not, you know, you're not taking advantage of events. You can be creating events for your business and you can be inviting people. You're not inviting people either. And you start lumping on all of these other problems, which although they may be legitimate, what happens? The person just gets overwhelmed. They get overwhelmed and they start thinking internally, well, what do I start with? Do I start with my the fact that I don't have enough images or do I start with the poor quality graphics or do I have to buy meme software? So if, if you want to connect with people and just we can be talking about anything. We can be talking about if you go back to dieting, a lot goes into meal preparation or changing what you're going to buy or what you're going to look for when you go to the store. These are a lot of sub problems that make up the bigger problem. And the reason why you're hiring someone, an expert, someone that has experience, is not so that you can just solve 20 problems at once. This is going to be a series of improvements that you make that you're going to gather steam and you're going to gather momentum as you go through this process. And so people need to understand that too. I know everyone wants to have their problem solved yesterday. But if you're open and honest with people and let them know that yeah, there is a process to this, People, maybe they really don't, on a gut level, want to hear that. Maybe they want to hear, you can tell people what they want to hear, by the way. A lot of people do that in sales, but they don't keep those people long-term as clients. They don't keep that connection with people long-term. They're just burning through people. There's a lot of business models that are set up like that. They're very popular topics, but they realize that they're just going to burn through one customer after another, and they have to replace them all the time. Because when all is said and done, that customer is not going to be happy with the result that they get. It's like when people buy into, I would say, the average affiliate type business. People are told you can make a lot of money as an affiliate. That's true. You can make a lot of money selling hot dogs, too, if you sell enough of them. But people are told, well, you can make all this money in the affiliate business. Then they spend two or $3,000 getting a business model. And then a year from now, they're out two, three, four, five thousand dollars and their business isn't any better. And that's because they didn't realize when they came through the door that there were a lot of other little sub problems that would have to be tackled <clears throat> along the way. And they weren't maybe mentally prepared to do those things. And so when they got hit with things like, well, you have to build a list, you have to write emails all the time. You have to, I mean, there's just an endless amount of things that go into getting a business done right. And so these people just get overwhelmed and they fall off and they're out several thousand dollars and they're back. They're no further ahead than they were when they got started. And so just like we're talking about in this podcast today, we're talking about, well, I'm talking about just a handful of things that you need to 
think about that you need to change that you need to get started with. It needs to start with your messaging. I suggest problem solution type messaging. The more acute the problem is, the easier it will be to get people's attention. The point is we need to bring people to the table if we have any hopes of engaging them in conversation. And to do that, we need to settle on a message. And that message becomes the foundation of our platform, the place where we consistently show up to share with those around us. It's the place where we invite people into our world where the solutions are available. Now, when we think about the different fields that we're in, they're pretty broad fields when you really think about it. Graphic design, for example, is a huge field. So is social media. So is everything else. Whatever it is that you do, it's probably a pretty big topic. So it's the problem or the challenge that gives that big overall topic some relevant context. For example, starting a business is a huge topic, but breaking free from an eight to five or nine to five job where you're underpaid and underappreciated puts the bigger topic, starting a business, in a context where suddenly everything becomes more relatable and more meaningful to you as a listener. So our platform then becomes something that's more than just content creation. It becomes a place where others can find connection, where they can find meaning, where they can find guidance, and more. So today we have a whole bunch of tools out there that we can use to build our platforms. Too many, actually, in my opinion, for most solopreneurs to sift through. And like the earlier example, you can maintain one or two things on average without getting overwhelmed. But that doesn't mean you have to stick with those things relative to building your platform for the rest of your life. But it is to your advantage to dig deep over the short term. So what kind of tools, what type of platforms should you focus on in building your overall personal platform, the one that people are going to start connecting with you on or through? Well, personally, I chose podcasting back in 2017 with the idea of having some fun and making some connections. And honestly, I had no idea of whether it would be a hit and miss or somewhere in between. And now, you know, I can happily say that July of this year will be the fifth anniversary, five years of this podcast, a weekly podcast. And what I learned is that the audio audience, the audio audience is unique, just like every other audience. And it's not like you can't have a YouTube or video channel, plus a blog, plus a group on LinkedIn or Facebook, plus published content to TikTok and Instagram. You can literally be everywhere. That's really not the point. The point is you can only really focus on two channels. And what I mean by, I'm saying two, I know there's probably someone out there that can only focus on one and there's probably some people out there that can focus on three, but you get where I'm, where I'm coming from. Because when I use the word focus, I'm talking about the attention we give to detail. Because isn't the attention to detail what separates the average from the above average? Think about everything that you buy and think about the things that are above average. What makes them better? What makes them above average? Isn't it the attention to detail? Whether it's the detail on the shoes we wear and the clothes we wear or the food we eat or the experience that we go through, the companies that we hire, the people we work with, the people who are above average are detail people. These are the people that make the experience better, that make the product better. So that's just something to keep in mind. Yes, you can be everywhere, and a lot of people encourage you to do just that. But I think the days of focusing on just being everywhere 
are like a lot of other things in the rearview mirror. I think that now it's there's nothing wrong with testing out a bunch of different things like creating videos and blogging and podcasting and all the various social channels so that you get a feel firsthand rather than just listening to somebody else give their opinion on it and what they did. I think that it's great that you test these things out, but do so with the realization that when all is said and done, you're not going to build an empire doing all of these things. You're not going to be like a world-renowned TikTok person, Instagram person, Facebook person, Pinterest person, Twitter person. I mean, you know where I'm, what I'm talking about. You have to decide what is the best. You know, I, I think about a little bit of overlap here. There's two things, what you're really good at doing, where your strength is, and where your audience is, those two things. Sometimes you do have to make some adjustments. You may be really good at making videos and really talented, but the majority of your audience doesn't spend time or isn't willing to spend the time to watch those videos or watch videos at all. Other times, maybe you're really good at audio podcasts and you really enjoy creating audios, but as it turns out, the majority of your audience isn't the type of audience to spend the time listening to podcasts or listening to audios. Sometimes, yeah, you have to grow and learn how to do something and get good at something you're not really that good at currently. Other times, you don't have to do that. But let's not focus. Let's not bog down here. Let's go on a little bit further to step number three to the third thing, and that is the solution that you and I are offering. The end product, the end service, that thing You see, by solving real-life problems and frustrations and focusing on that, focusing on delivering the kind of solution that is really going to grow roots for your customers or clients, not something that's a flash in the pan, but by focusing on solving real problems and real frustrations, we become results-driven, and that carries over into just about everything else that we do. So again, in today's competitive business climate, you must solve a problem. If you're a solopreneur, you must solve a problem. If you can't do that, you really don't have a business. Unless maybe if you're in the entertainment business, and even then we could argue that the problem that you solve is boredom. A lot of us start a business around a problem-solving skill, and then we recognize that There's a lot of competitors out there, and then we have to go back and look at things like our messaging, if we even know to look there, and the platform, which a lot of people are overwhelmed, again, with the options. So that's why I wanted to share with you some of these ideas simplified so that you could see them, how they work together, and also how they stand alone. We solve problems, that's great, but we also need those other elements to be working together with that problem-solving skill with that problem-solving product or service in order to complete the picture that is business, online business today. Now, what happens, again, if we don't have the messaging or the platform in place, business growth suffers. And also sometimes maybe you had a good message in place, but maybe today that message has become a bit dated, so you're no longer speaking to the problems that are front and center in your marketplace today. It gets easy, believe me, to get stuck in the past and not even realize it until you suddenly look around and you think, wow, people aren't really talking about this anymore. People really don't seem to have the interest in this thing anymore. Now, this can also apply to the solutions that we offer. Over time, we may need to alter either how we deliver it or what it is 
or how we create maybe that before and after experience that we lead people through. Weight loss is a great example of this. For years, people have been exercise gurus, health gurus, have been leading people from a before to after experience. But when we look at how the products have changed and how the methods have changed over time, the problem is still the same. Going from unhealthy to healthy, going from overweight to in shape, or in some cases going from underweight to in shape. So you can see over time how the solutions begin to change. Some solutions, I have to say, are basically evergreen. In other words, even though it's not really popular anymore, you can still do that thing or use that product and get the same result. It's just that from a business perspective, that no longer commands the attention that it once did. Now, let me add this. One of the benefits of all of this, of growing your own business and going through this whole process of trying to get these things right, is that just a little side benefit, you're going to meet so many interesting people on your journey. Some of these people are going to go on and become friends for life with you. Others will play supporting roles like characters in a story who may disappear for several chapters of your life only to reappear again in the future. And uh, that's just an added bonus. One of the things I've really enjoyed about my own journey through the business world and the online business world in particular, providing the solution and guiding people through this before and after experience or helping them turn a dream into reality in the business world. All of these things, it's just a highly rewarding experience, I find. And let's face it, life today is filled with I would argue maybe more challenges than ever before, and they're at just about every turn. So you have a lot of opportunities before you to take advantage of if you're going to be a problem solver and you're going to build a business around that. Having or owning a business that helps people overcome a few of these challenges can just give you such a sense of, it's a rewarding sense of purpose. It makes you feel like that you're investing your life in something that really matters And that at the end of the day, you can look back and not have regrets like you've wasted time. I think a lot of us feel like we've wasted time. I know I get that feeling from time to time. I'll look back at a certain period of time and think, wow, that was just a waste of time. But then again, I look at it like this. Nothing is a waste of time, even if it was a waste of time, if you learn something from it. In other words, maybe you burned some years of your life doing things that were just ridiculous or things that you thought were important that really aren't. If you learn from that, It's all part of the process. It was all worth it, right? We're all going through the school of life. So uh, each of us, when you get right down to it, you know, big picture, everybody needs a little bit of help from those around us from time to time. A little bit of help to kind of refresh what it is that we're doing, get that vision back, or just to keep on keeping on. So I'm glad you're part of this. I hope that whether you're just getting started whether you're rebooting or whether everything is going well, it's great that you're out there, that you're doing this. And I just want to encourage you that uh, don't throw in the towel. Believe me, there are solutions to your specific problems. They're out there. And just because you haven't found them quite yet, it doesn't mean that they don't exist. All right, let's go ahead and put the bookmarker in it there. That's about all for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you think it will help a friend, please go ahead and share the episode link with them. Share it on Facebook or Twitter or send it to them in the inbox 
Or if you want, you can send them to jimgalliano.com forward slash podcast. All of the podcast episodes are there. Just so you know, your sharing of this podcast does make it possible for me to reach people who would otherwise be very difficult to reach. All right, that's it for today. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you later.